Hello and welcome to another episode of Des and Marco. I'm Des. And I'm Marco. How are you, Des? I'm fine, Marco. Can I just say this introduction, it's a classic. I like it. No controversial topics, no X-rated content. It's just nice introductions. <laughs> and no apology segment. No apologies, correct. Well, we're off to a great start. And like all great starts, let's talk alcohol. <laughs> yes. Um, what have you got for this week? In uh, honor of the summer, which is, I say, quickly approaching or in the thick of it, I am drinking a Spanish beer from Malaga, which should foreshadow the summer for me. And it's called Victoria Malaga. And it's a typical Spanish cerveza from southern Spain. What are you drinking? Wow, okay. Well, I mean, it's not foreshadowing just your summer because we're going <laughs> on holiday together. So, <laughs> um, yeah. So, I'm currently at my sister's place. She lives in um, France and I'm having the world's best session IPA ever. Uh, I don't wow. know if it's ever. But so, anyway, it's a beer that won the World Beer Awards for Best Session IPA. Don't ask me which year or whatever. It's from the Brasserie du Mont Blanc. So it's been brewed at 2000 whatever meters. And it's called La Cristal IPA or IPA. I don't know, friend. It's brewed with the water of the glaciers of Mount, of, uh, Mont Blanc. Sweet. Okay, let's get this started. Yes. So let's get this started with... The news and there's a couple of things that we need to talk about the first one is that twitter is finally rebranded and now it's called x oh, this is like fresh off the press at the time of recording i suspect this situation may evolve in some shape way or form if you go back through the tweets and verbal diarrhea of elon they're no longer called tweets des they're called x's oh sorry so if you go through elon's x's you will. Uh... <laughs> What's the the name of the one that was um, with the huge lawsuit against Johnny Depp? Amber Heard. Amber Heard. <laughs> yes, but no, not those exes. His other exes. <laughs> he's always spoken about wanting to create the everything app and call it X, and he's obsessed with the letter X. He bought the domain X.com, which he'd created at the time of. Uh, paypal yeah. uh, before paypal even and uh, he you know the model x he always wanted to he called it spacex he's obsessed with the letter x one of his many children is called x something and he now has rebranded x as you would expect following an x a tweet but an x and uh, he asked his followers on what used to be known as sorry, the platform formerly known as twitter that's what we <laughs> shall call it <laughs> Asked for an X logo, which somebody has provided him with, and it seems to be happening. Yeah, it's happening. So now if you open the platform formerly known as Twitter, it says X, even though it's, it's not fully rebranded because it says like load tweets, or you push the button to tweet and it says tweet, it doesn't say X, but... Never mind. And uh, so according to the, the CEO of Twitter, so Linda something something, she said that X is the future state of unlimited creativity centered in audio, video, messaging, payments slash banking, 
Creating a global marketplace for ideas, goods, services, and opportunities. Powered by AI, X will connect all of us in ways we're just beginning to imagine. So yeah, it's the everything up. Although I don't think I want to give Elon money or pay through an Elon platform. Ah, there's so many things which are like wrong with this or like hyperbole. She's come up with all these potential things on this new app, the X app, which is obviously going to leverage the platform formerly known as Twitter's user base. Yeah. <laughs> Twitter can barely keep its tweet service running. Yeah. And now they're going to start payments and start this and start these services. You can barely see a tweet as it is. Yep. He fired half the workforce and he's going to expand the capabilities of the app with what engineers? <laughs> yeah. Well, the ones he's suing Meta for. But never mind. Let's, <laughs> let's move on. But yeah, it's, uh, it, it's, it's interesting. So it's finally, some changes are starting to happen following the acquisition of Twitter. What was it? Last episode, we talked about the, the limit, the number of tweets that you see is limited per day. Now we're seeing that the, the rebranding. A few weeks ago, it was the Twitter blue. So you basically had to pay to be verified. So there's, um, there's a lot going on over there. But anyway, moving on, it's a huge week or it's a few huge couple of weeks for cinema. Yes, I think this is good news because I was looking at the a list of the most, not hyped, but movies to look out for in 2023. And with the exception of the current two movies that we're going to talk about, all of them were either reboots or sequels. Yeah, I've actually seen, I'm going to talk about it next time, but uh, I've actually gone to see the Mission Impossible movie. I'm not saying anything about the quality of these movies, uh, because as far as I'm aware, the Mission Impossible movies have been pretty good. Yeah, it's not bad. And we're obviously referring to two completely different kinds of movies, which are original movies, so brand new. One of them is the Barbie movie, which is blinding everybody with bubblegum pink. And the other one is Oppenheimer, which is blinding everyone with an atomic bright light. <laughs> like literally blind. Do yes. not look at the, at, the, at the bright light. Yeah. And they're both released on the same day. So a lot of hardcore movie fans have dubbed this the Barbenheimer and they're going to watch one after the other. And there's like theories on the internet about in what order should you watch them? Should you trade, take a break in between? Should you not? It's like, I'll, uh, I look forward to watching both of them, but probably not on the same day. I can only take that much popcorn. Ironically, the movie we would think is more controversial, i.e. Oppenheimer, about the man who created this deadly weapon and regretted it and, and tried to urge the government to destroy it and all this sort of stuff. No, no, that's not the political hot topic. The political hot topic is Barbie being a feminist icon and the woke's left agenda to take over the world. I'm like, really? Like one's about a really controversial topic in history and the other one is about a fictional plastic toy. <laughs> I actually don't know anything about Oppenheimer, like the, the person, because there's videos popping up on YouTube, like essentially telling his story. I'm trying to stay away from it because I just want to go see the movie um, blind, to use in a, in a, a term you used before. And yeah, so I don't know. I'll, I'll, but I, I look forward, when I'll be back home, I'll, I'll go to the cinema. I, also because, you know what? I haven't been to the cinema. I went like last week or something like that to see uh, the, the Mission Impossible Rogue Nation. 
and it was fun. I hadn't been since the Batman. And I know you've went to see like the Super Mario movie and things like that, but it's just fun. I mean, it's stupid expensive, but it's fun to just go to the cinema and watch a movie. One thing I really appreciate, which I think we're getting worse at as a society, is that when you actually go to the movies, even though there are some people who still have their phones on and stuff, for the most yeah. part, it's a distraction-free environment. I know. I love that. And it's, no, it's, it's actually quite refreshing, and it's good. I think you enjoy the movies more when you give them your full attention. Yeah, for sure. That's the whole point. It's like exactly. going to a room where I'm forced not to use my phone and, not to, and just to pay attention. Plus, I don't know. I've always loved going to the movies. I don't know why I haven't been that long or that often lately. I mean, there was a pandemic, I guess. <laughs> but it's been over for a while. I know. I think um, audience confidence is uh, a factor and studios are unwilling to spend a lot of money on movies unless it's like a sure thing. Hence sequels and reboots and, and such. I think you were mentioning that like Barbie had an, a huge... Uh, success at the box office yeah so the whole barbenheimer thing i personally don't feel this but i think people are trying to pit them against each other to see who's gonna win and it, i personally think it's a media driven race but um barbie alone actually both movies have grossed more than indiana jones and the flash movie throughout their entire runs oh really and they were the Two other big movies which were expected to, you know, start the summer blockbuster season, but they both yeah. kind of fell flat for different reasons. I think Barbie is currently outpacing Oppenheimer, which, again, I think is a bit of a highbrow film. It doesn't really appeal to everyone. No, I think they're both doing well. So they've both exceeded expectations. And I think that's what the cinema needs. Yeah. And it's actually a good sign because there's still appetite for, like, people still want to go to the cinema and watch a movie, whether it's good or pink or flashy or whatever. People still want to do that. If only there wasn't a, a, a writer's or an actor's strike going on. <laughs> Some of the stories I'm hearing about the writer's strike are really interesting, and I, I, I'm not informed about this in the slightest. But apparently the studios were trying to get, you know, like extras in the background. Yeah. They were trying to get them to sign like these release forms so that you go, you're an extra in a movie, you get paid anywhere between, I don't know, $50, $200. But they wanted the right to scan your face and create yeah. an artificial intelligence model of your face and use AI to then put you in all the movies they want as an extra forever. Yeah, exactly. But actors as well, not just actors, extras. An extra, their careers potentially ended the moment they give away their rights for $200, yeah. which is ridiculous. Pretty much. And it's funny, to, like, it's funny. It's interesting to see the role technology plays in all this because it's because of AI and AI is get, getting so good that now they just want to scan you and scan your, like, your face, your voice and that and such to just use you. And then they can use you forever because you signed that release. And so they potentially no longer need you, whether you're an extra or an actor or whatever. Have you seen actually the last, the latest uh, iOS version? So the, the operating system, the iPhone runs on. Okay, like in the, in the latest beta release, you know, it all leads up to a September iPhone launch. But in the current uh, beta for it, I think it's iOS 16, 17, something like that. There's a, a section that like the, like the phone can answer calls for you in your voice. So Ooh. you're given a few 
sentences to read that kind of contain all of the different sounds of the English language, I suppose. And based on that, it answers the phone with your voice. So if it's like a, a number you don't know, if it's a, a scam call or a spam call or whatever, like it just answer, it can answer on your behalf. Kind And then at any point you can pick up but it's kind of and the like it's kind of weird but it and it's pretty good and the the reviews that i read for it now or the previews that i saw and read for it now say that they're it's pretty good it's scary how good ai has gotten and like how quick yeah like all of a sudden because no like this time i don't know 5 years ago or i mean 5 months ago no one was talking about chatgpt or maybe a bit more but now it's everywhere. As in, I've I'm I used it in in my life. As in, I found a use for it. I was listening to a really good podcast on Planet Money. Planet Money is the podcast I was listening to, and they had a really good episode about the current trade friction between China and the U.S. Because like the U.S. has banned American companies from sharing chip technology with China, yeah. so. Okay, and one of the reasons for this is AI, and it requires a huge amount of GPUs to actually run the algorithms and so on and so forth. And the date, apparently, is 2012. That is when the first machine learning algorithm was showcased by this guy, a Canadian guy, actually. It was the first time machine learning was used for image recognition, and it blew the competition out of the water. And that's when the revolution started. Wow. But... Yeah, it's become public only recently. Also, well, now it's reached the point where it's yeah. good enough that it can have yeah. different functions. But uh, that was the very first one as a showcase of potential learning, and it was just for not that that next step good. Yeah, yeah. By the way, a word of advice: if you are in any way, and I don't think you are, but if you are in any way as like socially awkward as I am. ChatGPT is fantastic for writing like birthday wishes, wedding <laughs> and like wedding cards and baptism cards. It's fantastic. It's really like way more thoughtful than I could ever come up with. That is the exact plot of the South Park episode written by ChatGPT. Really? There's yes. Park, really? Yes. The, so they tweaked that a little bit, but there's a South Park episode written by ChatGPT, and. Um, that's the plot of the episode. The episode is basically that uh, this one guy starts using ChatGPT to answer the text of his girlfriend. <laughs> okay. And he ruins it for all the other guys, but he spreads the love. And he's like, no, no, I just use ChatGPT. So the guys are there like playing, you know, Xbox or whatever. And ChatGPT is just responding to the girlfriend's messages. And they're like, oh my God, he's so thoughtful. He's so nice. But the guys are just still guys, and they're just like they they haven't read the text that ChatGPT has sent. <laughs> so eventually, it all unravels. Okay, I'm gonna. I need to catch up with so many South Park, South Park episodes. There's like I heard that during the pandemic they had some amazing ones. Yes, but I yeah I haven't I haven't watched it in ages. But whatever. But anyway, move, moving on. Speaking of reboots and sequels and such, one of our f- favorite series ever is out again, is back. I literally watched the first episode just before recording. Really? Where, where do you... See it's it? on Disney Plus in Europe. It might be for you as well. Okay. And I know okay. you're on my Disney Plus, so... <laughs> yes, you know I have it. Because it's... <laughs> 
I'm now a Grey's Anatomy series 19 or something. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's not me, believe me. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I um, I enjoyed it. I mean, is it the best Futurama episode ever? No, but it's a very promising start. Okay. And similar to a lot of programs at the moment, it's kind of mocking the fact that it's uh, on streaming and how powerful streaming has become. Okay. okay. Very meta as a first episode. So I enjoyed it. The next, I think, episodes will be more important to see how it carries on this momentum. Yeah. Okay. Well, so we'll uh, maybe next time or in a couple of episodes, we can talk about it. Are all the episodes out? No, I think it's being released weekly. So there's only one episode. So stay tuned. But you know, which is one series that is already all out and that I highly, highly recommend. Uh, Yes, because I can see the script. We we, we do this every (laughs) single time. (laughs) It says it right here. (laughs) The way you break the fourth wall, man. (laughs) (laughs) But we have this little step like dance where you like, oh, guess what? I can see. I can see it. It's right there. Sorry, I didn't know that only you could do smooth segue. <laughs> um, anyway, oh. it's shrinking, Des. <laughs> so, um, it's on Apple TV. The first series is already out. It's been renewed for a second one. It's with the... There's a bunch of Ted Lasso people working on it. So, it's from the Ted Lasso and Scrubs creator Bill Lawrence plus Brett Goldstein who plays uh, Roy Kent in Ted Lasso is part of the or he co-created it and Jason Siegel which you might recognize uh, or you might remember as Marshall from How I Met Your Mother and a few other movies I guess so Jason Siegel plays this therapist whose life is basically torn apart by the death of his or the premature death of his wife so he's all depressed and he's not really or he decides to do go about his job in a bit of a different way so he blatantly goes and tells his patients what to do as in yes you should dump him or other (laughs) things um but he's very outspoken and whatever because he's very much given up on life in a way and as the season goes on you know there's evolution and then it's like he tries to work through some things the cast is awesome like there's a there's for example harrison ford is in it and he is amazing he's like laugh out loud funny and you know like in classic bill lawrence sitcom it's funny but it's also sad and it makes you think and it's very i mean if you like ted lasso and if you like scrubs this is for you and i know you like them so yeah you should watch it (laughs) i will do i don't have apple tv plus but i'm sure there's other ways i can come across this tv series so like i could give you my password yes Yes, you could actually, but still. And um, no, I definitely want to watch that. And just about Jason Siegel, um, he's very, very talented. Not just as an actor who, as you said, Marshall from uh, How I Met Your Mother is maybe his most famous role, but he's yeah. also won an Oscar for the Muppets movie. Oh, but didn't we talk about this? No, but it was with one of the guys from Flight of the Concord. So yeah, so they won it for different reasons, but Flight of the Concord guy won it for the music. And for the yeah. writing of the movie, I think uh, Jason Siegel has won one as well. So the Muppets movie won more than one Oscar? Yes. <laughs> wow. Oh, wow. 
Um, so out of all the cast that you mentioned, Jason Segel is the only Oscar-winning actor there. Academy Award winner. That's, that's interesting. But anyway, there's, I, it's really good. You need to watch it. It's, uh, I enjoyed every episode. And can I just uh, ask how long the episodes are? Yeah, of course you can ask that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just to get an idea, because one of the things I really appreciated about Scrubs, especially now, it's such an easy TV series to revisit because yeah. they're, they're less than half an hour. So they don't seem to waffle on. It goes to the point. It's funny. It's sad. Mm. But it's done within half an hour, which is a godsend. So I'm hoping they're not like hour long episodes. Mm, no, they're, they're longer than half hour. So, okay, fine. Yeah, but there's 10 episodes. So the season is made up of 10 episodes. I think it's like more around like 45 minutes or so. It's definitely not the TV format. Um, yeah, but 20, then, uh, yeah. 22 minutes or, yeah. Just as a side note, I think Apple is uh, getting close to nailing that streaming formula because a few of their TV series have been pretty good. And, um, you know, I think Netflix has a little bit faltered a bit with its content. It might be changing its formula a little bit to adjust to that. Interestingly, you know how Netflix is cracking down on the sharing of the passwords? Yeah. Two things which have happened from that is the first, counterintuitively, the number of subscriptions has gone up. Okay. Which I didn't expect, but they've done their research. Yeah. I mean, makes sense because if me and you are sharing the same password and we can no longer do that, then me and you separately subscribe. Yeah. But a lot of people, especially on the internet, were saying, I'm going to just quit Netflix, but the opposite Uh has happened. Yeah, exactly. And then... um, Another thing which I found interesting was that Netflix is slowly, slowly and quietly getting rid of the cheapest tiers. Oh, yeah, like the ad, the ones with ads. No, they're doing the opposite. So the cheapest tier used to be like in the UK, I think um, $6.99 or $7.99 or similar in dollars as well. And then they introduced a cheaper one with ads. Okay. Like, so like a couple of dollars cheaper. But then the cheapest ad-free tier has disappeared. Oh, okay. So now you can only get the cheapest tier with ads, or you have to go for like a premium level account. Oh, okay. And you can no longer share your password. And you can no longer share your password. Exactly. So again, we spoke about this last week or last time we recorded. It seems that Netflix is really turning on those money taps. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's basically become cable. Apparently when cable started, there was no ads, but then they crept in and now cable is like paid for television. It's got ads and everything else, but it's, you just pay for it. And streaming seems to be going the same way. It started off as, oh, you don't need cable. Look, ad free streaming for a low price. Everyone was on board. And now there's what? Eight, nine different streaming services. And they're all hiked up their prices and they're now all introducing ads. Yeah, well, but also at the time when it was just Netflix, everything was on it. So it was a very compelling product. But anyway, I can see in the script that you also have a recommendation. Yes. Can you guess what it is? (laughs) I can. So this is from Netflix and Apple competitor Amazon, and it's on Prime. I don't know if we've spoken about it before, but it's something... Uh, which is recently finished. So you can get the whole five series on Amazon and um, it's The Marvelous Miss Maisel. It's probably something which 
you know, it's very unique. I don't know how to put this. And it has a very specific audience, I would say. It's written by Amy Sherman Palladino, which is probably more famous for the Gilmore Girls. And similar to the Gilmore Girls, this has got a lot of dialogue. A lot. But... (laughs) They talk very fast. They talk super fast. And it's all based, like, in 1950s and 60s New York. So you can imagine, you know, it's set in the world of comedy in the 1950s and 60s with a protagonist with a Jewish background. So a lot of talking. But it's so well written. It's very well cast. And uh, the main star who plays the role of Miss Maisel is Rachel Brosnahan, who's beautiful, but she's also very good. But the characters are all written really well. And something which is quite rare nowadays is that they all get given lots of like breadth and depth. So the characters are all really good, really well written. And they all have like a really, let's say, complete story arc over the five years. So it doesn't feel like they've just introduced like cheap characters. And everyone's written there for a reason. Okay. I thought I'd bring it up because we were talking about episodes and series which ended well. And this is definitely one of those. And it's now finished. I maybe had a bit of a lull during the pandemic years because of the fact that they couldn't film with like lots of people. And that might be the weakest season, like series three. But then after that, it became really good. And it's always been really good. So again, it's something which probably would please most people in the sense that you know it's not an edgy subject or anything like that it's of a woman who seemingly has it all whose life kind of like gets torn apart because her husband uh cheated on her and then like her marriage breaks up and she realizes that you know she's coming from an era where women were essentially like dependent on their husbands and she starts to try to pave the way in a very unorthodox way like trying to do comedy yeah because she finds that she has a gift for it, and she finds that she has a lot to say. And uh, anyway, the story takes us from 1950s to the present day, um, especially in the final season when it starts to you, you kind of see what the present day is like for both for all these characters, and it's really cool to see how they got there and the story arcs of the characters. So definitely gets six thumbs up from me because we have six thumbs, of course. <laughs> and uh, yeah. It's uh, something I would definitely recommend. Okay, I'll check it out then. I mean, I am familiar with uh, Gilmore Girls. Can't say I, I like it, but I, I secondhand watch it a lot. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, so we've had two recommendations for shows, which are, again, Marvelous Miss Maisel and Shrinking, which we both highly recommend and we're both gonna go and watch Futurama now that it's out and I'm really looking forward to that and then at the beginning we talked a little bit about Twitter because that's the the thing we do now almost every episode no no the platform formerly known as Twitter the platform formerly known as Twitter also in the news we're back in the cinema with Barbie and Oppenheimer out in the box office so having said that Des we gotta review the beers. Yep. Sorry, sorry. How how was yours? Mine was actually really good. So you know how Spanish style cervezas are usually like really light and summery? Yeah. This is actually a little bit more hoppy than I thought it would be. Oh, I thought you were gonna say it's really light and summery. <laughs> no no, it's so it's it is light and summery, 
but it has a little bit more uh, barley, I suppose. It's got just a little bit more depth to your usual Spanish beers like uh, San Miguel and that sort of stuff. Yeah. So I like it. It's very good. I think that on a hot day, this is like a really refreshing drink. Maybe not to drink like in the full summer heat, but like in the evenings. You know, it's just got okay. a bit more flavor to it. So I wouldn't say it's a 100% refreshing. I would say it's 100% relaxing. Oh, wow. Now that's review. I would give it a six out of six. I therefore give this a four out of a six pack. <laughs> okay. Depending on the time of the day. It's an average between us a five in the evenings <laughs> and a three in the, <laughs> in during the day. Perfect. And how's yours? So my, my Mont Blanc beer brewed at 2,074 meters above sea level. It's really good. I mean, is it the best IPA I've ever had? Probably not. Is it good? Yes. Yeah, there's a lot of depth to the taste, as in, like, it's, it's hoppy, but then it's also, like, there's some citrusy and some... Yeah, you can taste different things, which is pretty nice. Would I have this one again? Yeah, for sure. It's really good. I would give it a 5 out of a 6-pack. And there you have it. There you go. I've already done the, the recap, so <laughs> all we have to do is sign off. See you next time, guys. Thank you for listening.